The Lone Wags, a horror court trash shiver the show that discusses all the masterpieces and trash to pieces of genre cinema. I'm Gary. And I'm Chris. And we're coming to you today from the hottest day of the year. <sighs> in our sweaty little film room. Yes. To talk to you about Betty Davis's final film, Wicked Stepmother, from 1989. Yes. I, now, I uh, usually, uh, yeah, usually I'd do a uh, uh, a bigger build up than that. <laughs> There's honestly not a lot to build up for this film. No. I mean, it's entertaining. Uh, it's not good. Um, it's one of his films that just kind of just happens. Yeah. And I feel like the world would have forgotten about it if it wasn't Betty Davis's last it's, film. It's true, it's true. Um, but Betty Davis's last film for our last episode of this format. We are on episode 199. Yes, yeah, we're going to change it up for 200. Yeah. Uh, we're not going to tell you how, just yet. Wait until next week. Wait with anticipation. And, uh, but this is the final episode of our current format. Yes, yes. And end of season one, if you will. <laughs> well, fucking hell, it's a long season. <laughs> Jesus Christ. 200 episodes per season. Yeah, apparently. Um, yes, Wicked Stepmother. Uh, written and directed by genre icon Larry Cohen, who has made the likes of Dial Rat, The Godfather of Harlem, uh, Hell Up in Harlem, It's Alive Trilogy, Four Moon High, Cue the Winged Serpent, The Stuff, A Return to Salem's Lot, Deadly Illusion, Original Gangsters, God Told Me To, etc, etc. A very prolific director. Yeah, yeah. A kind of B-movie... Yeah. Um, I was going to say uh, legend. Oh, uh, really? Yeah, really? Really? Yeah. 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 I mean, this is, this is not a great film, but... You know, in terms of B-movies, very prolific. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed Q, The Winged Serpent. Yeah, and the stuff. Yeah, the stuff. Yeah, really enjoyed the stuff. So, yeah. 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 I, I think a decent filmography, if you like that kind of uh-huh. thing. A budget of $2.5 million, and it made $43,749 at the US box office. Yeah. Flop. Yeah. Um, in comparison to other, because I know you said you were putting a list together last week. In comparison to other final films for uh, Legends of the Screen, um, worst one. Um, probably the most boring. Um, yeah, probably the worst one because it's boring. I mean, looking at it from a cinematic point of view. Mm-hmm. Trog is a terrible film, yeah, but is a hundred times more entertaining than Wicked Stepmother. Yeah, really. The same. Do you think the same can be said for Sextet? Oh God, good gracious, Sextet. <laughs> um, yet far more entertaining than Wicked Stepmother. <laughs> I don't know. It's got its moments for me. Well, there's, there's one. Um... There's one big piece of trivia. Yeah. That you're just about to tell us. Uh huh. That is the main reason the, yeah. for my lack of interest true. in the majority of this film. That's, that's true. Despite receiving top billing, Betty Davis appears on screen for approximately 11 minutes of the film. And there we go. <laughs> uh, by far the best uh, thing 
uh-huh. about the film um, is only in it for 11 minutes. I mean, I felt sorry for her, if I'm honest. I actually felt a little sad when she was on screen because she wasn't very well, and it, it shows. Yeah, you can tell she, she wasn't very well. Um, the rest of the cast have no excuse. No, no. <laughs> but by this point, she was in her 80s. She was, yeah. you know, elderly, um, quite thin, you know, mm-hmm. and it, it, it's it's a sad watch for that, in that sense, looking at it from that perspective and it being her last film and she was such a, you know, iconic screen presence yeah. and... But she still has that Betty Davis charm. Yeah. She still has it in a different way. Mm -hmm. But she can still deliver a line. You know, I don't think she's abysmal in the film. But it's very clear that her health has affected her acting abilities. Uh, According to actress Colleen Camp, when Betty Davis walked off production several days into shooting... Filmmakers reportedly considered recasting her role with either Lucille Ball or B. Arthur uh, before deciding on a bizarre rewrite in which uh, Davis's cat morphs into a seductress played by Barbara Carrera. No, okay, so I didn't read the trivia beforehand. So I've, I've just heard that now. That makes more sense. Yeah. I, so, I, so... I'm assuming the original idea is that Betty Davis would be a screen presence throughout the whole That was the plan. Film. Yeah. And after she walked off set, they had to get Barbara Carrera in, mm-hmm. who d- does an alright job, actually, considering she was um, plucked out of nowhere, <laughs> I'm assuming, you know, but had to be available very short notice. Yeah. Um, yeah. That that makes, it makes more sense that the film doesn't make sense. Yeah. If that makes sense. Uh-huh. Be Arthur in this role? No. <laughs> no, because, well, oh, I suppose, no, not really. It's a very strange role for Be Arthur to take. It would be, because, but then, you know, Be Arthur has a specific comedic mm-hmm. presence um, that I don't think is in keeping with this film role. Yeah. Do you know who would be great who? in this film? Betty Davis. It's a shame <laughs> yeah. she didn't <laughs> stay for the whole thing. But do you know who would have been great in this role? And I hate to say it. Joan Crawford. Joan Crawford, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, according to Betty Davis, she was so disgusted by the script that she demanded that it was rewritten and left when the filmmakers refused. The script was then reshaped to explain her absence. Larry Cohen says, uh, says that Davis had to leave for New York for medical reasons and that she later claimed she left because of the script because she was worried she wouldn't be able to get another job if people thought she was in too bad health. I don't know. I mean, I fully understand her reading the script and then leaving. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> makes no, sense. I fully believe that. Um, I do... She did die the same year the film was released. Mm-hmm. So... She probably was in bad health. I wouldn't put it past her from what I've seen. Yeah. From interviews and such that she maybe would have over-exaggerated how much she disliked the script. Yeah. Because she had that kind of persona. If you watch a lot of her interviews from around that time, um, she's... 
a bit of a, a, a battle axe. Mm-hmm. With all due respect, you know, they're fantastic to watch and I fully recommend watching any interview with Betty Davis. She is a real presence, you know, out of, you know, being her normal self, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but she, it's kind of when she went round bitching a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Particularly about Faye Dunaway. Mm-hmm. She did not like Faye Dunaway. Um, but it's it's in keeping with the persona she had at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I feel like it's probably a little bit of both. Yeah. I would say. Yeah. Uh, finally, actor and female impersonator Michael Greer reportedly dubbed in some of Betty Davis's dialogue when she left production. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear. Okay, so getting into the film. I, I've just got an image of someone in the recording booth in full Betty Davis drag, <laughs> and it's a great image. Uh, a mother and daughter pair of witches wreaks havoc on a suburban family. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, that's accurate. To the point. Um, 1989 is fucking rough year for horror, wasn't it? And that I'd say this is horror. This is comedies, supernatural yeah, comedy with horror elements. Um, yeah, yeah, r- rough year, rough year. Uh, police in film in general. I don't know about film All in the general. Films came but, out in Um. Well, I don't know off the top of my head. I know, know Tetsuo yeah. came out that year. Society, in American cinema, <laughs> I believe Society came out that year. Should we do that really unprofessional um, thing? <laughs> Considering it's our last uh, podcast It'd be in a this shame format, to, we it? might for the new format we might be a little better prepared. Well, I mean, we don't want to lose listeners, do we? Well, I'm sure me talking very slowly, so we have time. The biggest films of 1989 were Jason Takes Manhattan. Oh fuck off. Batman, right? Uh, the Burbs, Pet Cemetery, Weekend at Bernie's, Cyborg, Halloween Five, and Uncle Buck. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So a, a, a little bit of a rough year. Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, Lethal Weapon Two. Were they the highest rate? Yeah. Highest grossing. Yeah. Batman That's was the highest grossing film of the year. Right. So at least we had Batman and the Burbs. Okay. Pet Cemetery. Everything else existed. Oh, I'm just looking now at my letterboxed, Chris Barker 823, and I've given a few five-star ratings. 1989, Do the Right Thing, best yeah. film of that year. Uh, Heathers. Oh, okay. Yeah, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Oh. You know, but in terms of horror... Yeah. Puppet Master. <laughs> Need I say more? Jason takes Manhattan. I mean, come on. <laughs> oh, and uh, former podcast episode, Ghosts Can't Do It. Was, Ghosts uh, Can't Do It. Wow. Cutting Class. Sleepaway Camp 3. Oh my God. All the, <laughs> Zombie 4. All these old podcast episodes. 1989. Oh, yeah. Future Wait, podcast episode, Zombie 4. Curfew. Zombie 4 as in? After Death. Oh, okay, so not killing birds. Like no, that. not killing birds. I was going to say that would be a bad year then. Um, but yeah, we start with police. Oh yeah, back on track. <laughs> police arriving at a house. Uh, and Mandy, the housekeeper, is telling them that something has happened to the man who lives there. And the old woman who he lives with is to blame. She got Mandy fired, so she has nothing nice to say about her. She thinks she's 100 years old and she hates her. Yeah, she's 
that she's wicked and she may be a hundred years old. <laughs> um, the police are aware of the suspect. Apparently she's done it before. Yeah. Um, but can't quite track her down and she's wanted in many other states. And Mandy is lucky that she got away alive. Yeah. They hear a weird noise in the room and it's coming from a shoebox. Mm-hmm. And inside the shoebox, next to a giant polka dot strappy sandal, are Sam and his family. Yeah. Shrunking down like the borrowers. <laughs> um, yeah. Great special effects. Yeah. Um, yeah, lead cop is Lieutenant McIntosh. Um, you need to know that because he'll, he'll come back into it later. Um, are you sure this is Sam and his family? Have I written Sam? I didn't mean to write Sam. Yeah. It's not. It's not Sam. No, it's another family. Ignore that's... ignore me. It's not Sam. It's, it's another family that uh, fell victim to I'm sorry. I, I would hate to confuse anyone <laughs> further. Um, yeah, I mean, it's pretty much the plot of the stepfather. Uh, <laughs> Is there? But with a uh, stepmother who's a witch. Um, yeah. I then Lieutenant McIntosh says, "Calm down, calm down. It's gonna be all right." Well, maybe not. And then we get the opening credits. I was like, "Okay, such a lazy joke." Like this, this entire opening sequence is like, "Okay, we know what we're in for. We we know where this is going." <laughs> so Lieutenant McIntosh is played by Tom Bosley. Yeah. And throughout the whole thing, I was like, "How? You know, I know his face. I know his face. I know you know who he is." He's from Happy Days. Oh, okay. He's the dad in Happy Days. Um, yeah, it took me ages to figure that out. But he's then, the dad in Happy Days. And then he ended up in this. Betty Davis gets top billing. She does. She does. I mean, it's queen behaviour. Short for 11 minutes. Storm off set and then get top billing. You know. It's... Like I said before, she's the only reason anyone has <laughs> taken any notice of this film since its release. Um, a group of old homeless ladies are brought to a lineup at a police station. Uh, and one of the cops says, Number one, what's your name? And she says, It's for me to know and you're to find out, buster. <laughs> Number two says, What's the matter, sweetie? Don't you like my toe file? And then number three says, Do I look better like this? And pulls her teeth she out. Said profile. I wish she had a toe file. Not toe I wish she had a toe file. Because <laughs> he asked her to turn to the side. Like her profile, oh, I she not her toe file. Yeah. nails. What's a toe file? That sounds disgusting. When you file your toenails. Well, they're all oh, old biddy stereotypes. Yeah. And once it's, you know, the, the shoebox people um, say, no, that's not her. Um, because they haven't got sickening ginger bobs. <laughs> uh, the... Old ladies don't want to leave. No, because they're homeless. Because they're homeless and they want to stay there. And it's actually really quite sad. It's really sad. I don't know why this is played for it's laughs. It's played for laughs. But these old ladies, you know, don't want to go back on, on the streets. And they're, like, being dragged. Yeah, they're fighting with police out officers. Out the room, fighting, because they need somewhere to stay. And it's being yeah. played for laughs. It's like, oh, my God, this is actually genuinely really quite sad. Yeah. Um... <laughs> Yeah, confusing. Very strange choice. The, the um, word, take a drink every time I say confusing. Is it, this sounds a PG, so it's not even like it's trying to be a racy or... No. Like, even trauma it's style. It's not a black comedy, is yeah, it? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's something like this you'd expect to see in, to- in trauma and you wouldn't batter an eyelid. Yeah. Um, but in a PG-rated 
uh, comedy for the whole family. It's a bit strange. Um, yeah, so <laughs> we're introduced to Jenny and Steve. Well, just just before that, the police are talking and they say they don't want any of this witchcraft talk getting out because there'll be a laughing stock. Yet they've got like shrunken people in a shoebox. <laughs> I'm like, are you are you not believing in witchcraft? One of the police officers when, says, when we find her, what do we charge her with? Grand theft and shrinkage. Like, but like this is. Are we, are we acting like this is something that's happened before? <laughs> you know, is, is, or is this the first time people have ever been shrunk down to, you know, the size of a mouse? Yeah. I'm, conf- I'm, I'm confused. Yeah. This is confusing. Well, Take a drink. To confuse matters even further, we're introduced to uh, a married couple, Jenny and Steve, who also come across like their brother and sister it, at first. It's strange. It took a while for me to figure out that they're yeah. married. Um, Jenny's first line of dialogue is, My pineapple just fell. I lost my pineapple. Yeah, they've just returned from vacation with a pineapple. Like, she can't get a pineapple down, you know, at Walmart. <laughs> you know, of all, of all the fruits to bring back from an exotic <laughs> vacation, she decides a pineapple. Like, that pineapple's travelled as well. Yeah. Now it's fallen on the floor. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not going to be in the best state. Colleen Camp. Colleen Camp. Um, worst thing about this film? Um, yeah, it's a shame, really, but it, it's true. Um, Love a bit of clean camp, normally. It's a really badly written part. It's not funny at all. No. And I'm assuming clean camp's trying her best, um, but it's too much clean and not enough camp. It, that's very correct. Um, <laughs> what gets me is the fact that we're meant to be on her side uh, throughout this film, and we're meant to, you know, be against the wicked stepmother and his daughter, but... The problem is, Colleen Camp plays this role so badly, and this character is written so badly, to the point that she comes across as more of a villain than the wicked stepmother. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I was completely against her the whole film. I mean, I don't feel like we were ever going to be on their side, no matter what. (laughs) Don't know, it's Colleen, could have been. Yeah, but it's Betty Davis. Well, yeah. And it's Barbara Carrera absolutely serving. She... A lot. Uh, acting as the troll too queen. Absolutely. Um, that's that is who she is serving. She throughout. is given troll two queen. Um, yeah, so they return from their lovely tropical <laughs> vacation to their huge house. It's given me um Fresh Prince of Bel Air, huge mm. house. Um they don't tip the taxi driver, so he finds the pineapple and decides to keep it. <laughs> And they've returned home, and I feel like it's Jenny's father. It is Jenny's father. Jenny's father, Sam Fisher, has found a new wife. But hey, who knows, considering they both call him dad. Yeah, you have a thing about that, don't you? You you hate it. Um, But I also hate when people call their parents by their first names as well. That's another thing that gets me. Like, uh, Lisa Renner calls her mother... Yes, Lois. Lois. Yeah. Um, Thank you for going for the reference that everyone would get and not the more obscure one. (laughs) What, Death Wish? No, uh, Bargain Loving Brits by the Uh, Sea. (laughs) Bargain Loving Brits by the Sea. (laughs) Dawn. Oh, yeah, no. uh, Death Wish was when he kept calling Charles Bronson dad. (laughs) 
even though he was the son-in-law yeah. and that annoyed uh-huh. you. Yeah. Anyway, um, they're back off vacation. Sam Fisher has found himself a new wife whilst they've been away. Um, seemingly they've been away a while. At least three weeks, I think I heard. Mm-hmm. You know, three-week vacation, big house. You know, and we're meant to feel sorry for these people. <laughs> Yeah, their biggest inconvenience is, uh, is is Betty Davis living with them and being really nice to them. Like, like I, I don't understand the problem with the wicked stepmom. I really don't. Like, thinking back to it now, I do not understand the do issue. Do you know what the issue is? She smokes. She's just smoking <laughs> in the house. Yeah. Because it's Betty Davis and we're introduced to her and she's got a cigarette on the go. Well, first of all, I mean, they literally walk through the door and the dad, Sam, is like, oh, I'm in love, I've been, I've got married. It's like, okay, film, have you got somewhere to be? Like, it's so rushed, yeah. so rushed, yeah. like straight away, as soon as they walk through the door. And then, yeah, she makes a big appearance. Well, actually, yeah, but when she makes the big appearance, what we actually get in very confusing um, few shots is... Jason Voorhees, someone in a Jason Voorhees <laughs> mask. It's Betty Davis. <laughs> with a hairy chest. And then Freddy Krueger gloves. Yeah. But it's given, you know, Vega from Street Fighter. <laughs> yeah. But I don't understand. It feels like a, a rip-off of Sleepaway Camp 2 when it does something similar. But I don't know. I don't understand why. I, I don't it get why. to that. No, it, it's a really weird joke that... I'm assuming yeah. it's in the trailer. It is in the trailer. Yeah, I'm assuming this is a shot that's purely for the trailer. Yeah. You should have just kept it in the trailer <laughs> and not in the film because it makes no sense because you never see this again. No. No one seems to be particularly shocked or horrified... Because it it's not it's Betty Davis, so I don't I don't get it. Anyway, yeah, Miranda Pierpont Fisher. Yes, she's smoking a ciggy, flicking ash all over their house, <laughs> much to Jenny and Steve's displeasure. And uh, they say we don't smoke in our house. To which Betty, de- <laughs> I'm gonna call her Betty because it's her last film and she deserves it. Um, <laughs> Betty says. I can't. I was about to. Good for you. It's a nasty habit. No, that's that's terrible, Gary. <laughs> that's what she says, and she continues smoking. And she continues smoking. Um, Betty Davis, famous for her smoking, always had a cigarette on the go, no matter what. <laughs> always, chain smoking to the very end. I'm assuming because she's smoking in this. Yeah. Oh, I don't think she ever gave up. Um. Shockingly, Sam now loves daytime TV. Mm-hmm. Uh, big, big thing is Sam loving daytime TV yeah. completely out of nowhere. And it's made out to to look horrific. Him enjoying game shows on daytime TV is made to look like he's molesting children. Like, I swear to God, you'd think he was murdering people. They are horrified. But it, it's also, it is a plot point. In the sense that this is Miranda keeping Sam occupied. So her magic and her witchcraft. But fucking hell, Jenny goes on and on about it. She does. Constantly. Like everything. She just goes on and on. She drones on and on. Uh, Miranda's wearing Jenny's earrings, which would be annoying. <laughs> it would be a little annoying if you were turn home. You're like, you're wearing my shit. You know what you're doing. We haven't even been introduced. Um... Miranda's cooking them dinner. 
but it's meat. And yes. Sam, Jenny, and Steve have been vegetarians for years. Mm-hmm. So that annoys Jenny even more. She also said, Miranda says to uh, to Jenny, if you want to give us a wedding present, then maybe some ashtrays. Yeah. <laughs> your, your Betty Davis impression is worse than Susan Sarandon's. <laughs> well, she says it while staring Jenny up and down and continuing to smoke. Um, she also explains that, uh, very inappropriately, your father and I hit it off in every possible way. (laughs) And Jenny's like, you mean sex? So yes, Jenny, how do you think you came to this earth, you fucking moron? Um, yeah, but... (laughs) It's not an image for anyone, is it? (laughs) With all due respect. Um... Someone has moved all of Mike's stuff. Mike, I'm assuming, being their son. Turns out he was. But yeah. I've, got, I've got in my notes here, so I'm assuming Mike is their son. And they've put a lock on his room. Mm-hmm. Turns out that that's now Miranda's room. And uh, Jenny is shocked that they sleep separately, considering all the great sex they have. Yeah, and he confirms, he's like, yeah, we have a great sex life. Sam reassures her the sex is indeed great. Uh, Jenny and Steve argue over Miranda and uh, and Steve reminds her that her own mother was rather controlling herself and they didn't always see eye to eye. We then get Jenny talking to a picture of her mother and it's a picture of Joan Crawford. <laughs> that Honestly, camp. the funniest joke in the film. It, it is the funniest The funniest joke intentional in the film. joke in I the think, film. you know, stop listening now. It's done. The highlight of the film is done. (laughs) Uh, Sam reveals to Jenny that he married Miranda because he lost his hair at 60 (laughs) and it's been growing back ever since he met her. Also, the TV signal is much better since they met. Exactly. His life is so much better. He's so happy. (laughs) It is. He was, he's literally like, oh, I, was, I didn't want to die alone. It's like, what could I do? My, I, was, I lost my hair at 60. <laughs> um, Steve is lured away from Jenny's broccoli souffle by Miranda's <laughs> meaty barbecue. It's clear Miranda has some sort of control over Sam, telling him he wants seconds and introducing her cat, despite Jenny being allergic. Another thing... That the film oh, constantly brings up is Jenny being allergic <laughs> to his fucking cat. It's like we get it. Yeah, but then he forgets about it at a certain point as well, and suddenly she could be around a cat as much as she wants without an issue. It's it's yeah, the, the, which I'm grateful for. It's one of those <laughs> plot holes that I'm so grateful for because we're not getting Colleen Camp's allergy acting. <laughs> God bless her. Poor Jerome the dog. Um, fuming yeah, does this dog get eaten? I think so. Because um, the dog appears later on in the film, out of nowhere. Oh, yeah. But the I mean, I feel like it's insinuating that the dog's eaten. Yeah, because she makes the cat appear, and then a tiger, and then a rabbit. And yeah. it sounds like the dog's being eaten. Yeah, it sounds like the dog's getting eaten. Um, yeah, she she tells uh, Sam that they should keep it quiet, that uh, there's a cat about. Yes. And not tell Jenny and her allergies. Um, Steve's working late. Yeah. And Miranda goes to see him, asking him the address of his workplace so she can come and see him in action. He's a lawyer. 
and uh, his workplace is the court, the court, which I'm surprised she needed the address for. <laughs> um, and unless I'm really mistaken, uh, until the very end, that's Betty Davis done. No. No? No, she gets a great scene coming up. Does she? Yeah. Yeah, really great scene. <gasps> oh, That's yeah. her final scene. That's her final scene. Excuse me. So, Steve's work... Oh, excuse me. Steve is a lawyer, and the next day he has a case in court. Whilst a large pile of evidence regarding Steve's client's tax issues... So, his client is up for tax evasion. Um, that's being presented... A very glamorous lady named Priscilla enters the courtroom like a white snake video. <laughs> and a large gust of wind blows all the papers everywhere. So, Steve is defending a taxi evader. Yeah. Uh, with hundreds of pages of evidence against him. Mm-hmm. And we're on Steve and Jenny's side. Yeah. Um... <laughs> After the Gustav Witten goes on for ages, it really, oh my God. <laughs> it goes on for so long. It's like we get it the does. joke. The papers are flying everywhere. It really stretched out to get this hour and mm-hmm. a half, this film. Yeah. Um. Turns out the backup printing is fucked up too. And the case is dismissed. Steve and Priscilla have a flirty moment. And uh, Steve is concerned, but not too concerned, that Miranda may have gotten lost. Because he doesn't bring it up again. He's like, oh, she may have been lost. Oh, okay. You know, just an elderly lady <laughs> in the city that may be unfamiliar because she only lived there a few weeks. Um, Mike returns home and he's very rude to Miranda despite her serving in white. Aren't you going to give your grandmother a kiss? Awful. Gary, please. <laughs> Um, yeah, he's obnoxious. Um, she is serving all in white, massive hat on. Um, he should be slayed to the ground. He, he should he be bowing in her presence because she's really, she's really serving a great look, like a floral skirt, that hat. Yeah, I don't know why she's wearing a hat indoors, but still, <laughs> she's, she's really giving it a great look. Um, yeah, this is when we get our first of many Jenny having allergic reaction jokes. Um, yeah, she's not feeling too great. Mike goes up to uh, Sam and he's like, oh, are you fucking serious? Did you really marry that bitch? Yeah, essentially. <laughs> and Sam's uh, like, oh, be nice. I, uh, and I also, just to put a little note here, um, this is when I noticed that the front room has the same wallpaper as Blanche Devereaux's bedroom <laughs> in Golden Girls. And the chokehold that that wallpaper had on America in the 1980s <laughs> is... It's incredible. It really yeah. is. And you know which one I'm talking I about, do, don't I do. you? Uh, the, uh, the... Would you describe it as tropical? Like yeah. Jungle? I would love a quilt cover with that. I'm sure you can get it. Maybe I'd they brought it. it back from Hawaii. Me, me with the pineapple. Is that where they went? Hawaii? Yeah. For three weeks. Um, they in lived a, by the beach. I know, I know. In the white privilege, Where is this it? set? I have no idea. It's a beach. California? Maybe. Um, in a bizarre series of events, a group of te- teenagers <sighs> are uh, playing volleyball on the beach... 
this is fucking weird to me. Mike looks like a normal kid. Nothing, nothing different about him. Say about fourteen. Um, yeah, he is a typical white male teenager. Um, nothing. No, there's nothing that could be classed as bully material. Nothing at all. Um, he goes over to these teenagers, these other teenagers playing volleyball on a beach. He's like, "Hey, can I join in?" Like, "Oh, get lost, you fucking creep!" Like, what? <laughs> Where does this come from? It's. Really, it's it's strange because, yeah, he, it's given off the f- he has no friends. Yeah, I'm mean, gonna see him with any friends, and people, I uh, don't know, don't like him. Um, if these are complete strangers, then it is a little weird that he wants to get involved in the volleyball. Yeah. Um, what I found really strange is when well, actually not very strange. Um, considering the time period and it being in America, <laughs> well, a film, is that all the women are in bikinis, and then the guys that he's talking to are like in shorts and a t-shirt. <laughs> yeah. So it's kind of like the women look like they're straight from Baywatch, and then the guys just look like normal, <laughs> like yeah. like they were. And I, I understand objectification in there, yeah, Hollywood film. Ooh. Um, but it was just really weird. <laughs> Because the women looked a lot older as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's told to get lost, creep. Um, <laughs> Priscilla's there by the beach. Um, she's dressed in black. Is she wearing a hat as well? She is she... also wearing an amazing she, hat. Serving. And she has also got what looks like the trans pride flag tied around her neck like a cape. She has. She yeah. looks like she's attending pride in a UK town or city. Um... With a fucking pride flag round her neck. Is that a British thing? Tying a flag I think it's very, very British, neck. yeah. I started it. Well, um, the, there is an iconic picture of you <laughs> in that attire. Um, yeah. Mike spots her, says gay rights, and then he decides to do a flip over the volleyball net. Yeah, she like... <laughs> gives him a nod, doesn't she? she yeah. And uh, he, yeah, joins the, kind of joins the volleyball game, I'm assuming. But he, he doesn't. But doesn't really. He just performs a flip over the net. Yeah. So he doesn't actually get involved in the game. But then yet again, they're like, oh, you fucking freak, go of away. Of course, that's weird. I'm like, that's <laughs> not normal behaviour. Yeah, so... It's impressive. But to deal but with... But it's like, you're interrupting our game. Yeah. So you can do a flip over the net. Like, what... Who was that for? <laughs> Who are you trying to... What is this for? No, no one. No one. So... Bit like the film. <laughs> um, he then proceeds to beat them up. Um, he punches... After another nod. From after another nod, yeah. He punches some of them, uh, kicks two of them over his head, and bangs two of their heads together, and then everyone else is like, ah, oh, yeah, you're all right, you are. Yeah, way. Well, and like, yeah. hang on a minute, wait, because he beat your friends up. Yeah, and they're like, oh, Now well he's not done. a freak. Well done. It's like, no, that's, that's your pals, isn't it? <laughs> Uh, yeah, he goes up to uh, Priscilla. She's like, oh, hello, I am a friend of your dad's. I, I can't do her accent. She has a either. British accent. Has she? Yeah. Oh, I thought she or was Or at least it sounds like she's trying to British. I don't know. She's, she's giving a Dorit's, isn't she? Yeah. She's giving a Dorit's. Um, yeah, she's a friend of his dad's. And Mike tells her about how his dad used to be a top athlete until he did his back in. And she's like, oh, wow, I'll sort that out. Uh, and then she's like, be nice to your new grandmother. It's like, what? 
was like, hey, how do you know my grandmother? I don't know what she says. I, I, I miss a lot of this stuff because I just couldn't be asked. Um, yeah, so, yeah. Jenny Where goes to a detective, Nathan Pringle. The literally, and I've got it in my notes, the worst part of this film are these <laughs> scenes with Jenny and this private investigator. The shit. I haven't got a note, and it's just... Jenny hires a private investigator to investigate Miranda. I have no notes. Well, she, I have nothing to say. She's just... Shit. She's disgusted that she has to pay him. She's like, oh, I don't have to pay you. Um, and he tells her that he might have to disguise himself as a plumber whilst investigating because he used to be a plumber uh, and he'll do the service for free. Sam starts calling... I literally couldn't care less. He's awful. The dialogue is awful. The acting is awful. <laughs> It really, really bad. I, I've seen better in fucking Chucklevision. Like, seriously. <laughs> Sam uh, starts calling out names in his sleep and his hair grows more. Mike tries waking him up. Steve suggests that he and Jenny have sex, but she sneezes in his face and starts shouting about how she knows there's a cat in the house because she's got allergies, just in case you forgot. Yeah, um, Steve's really turned off by that sneeze, isn't he? He is, yeah. Um, I mean, you know... Good manners. Jenny should have uh, put her hand over her mouth, but, you know. I mean, this whole film could have been solved if he just dumped her and... Uh, the, yeah, I mean, just if he dumped her. That's literally the solution here. No one else has a problem with her. I mean, he could have abandoned his kid as well because he's a little bastard, but... Well, the film abandons the kid for most <laughs> of the film. So she knows there's a cat in the house... And so, to much hilarity... Actually, this is pretty funny. She climbs up the outside of the house to Miranda's window to find her smoking a cigarette. Oh, no, this isn't This isn't it's the not, funny it's part. It's not funny. No, no. excuse me. I apologise. <laughs> it's not. Um, I misread. A cat does appear in the window, though, startling Jenny, who falls on top of her car, Friday the 13th, part four style. Yeah. And then the investigator turns up, and I switch off. And he starts taking pictures of her, thinking she's Miranda. It's a great hilarity. He then picks the lock to the house, so Jenny can go back inside, shuts the door, and then the lock falls off. Yeah, they go to um, Miranda's room. Well, she starts shouting in Steve's face about a cat again first. Oh, yeah. Um, And it's just like, okay, you're just so obnoxious. Like, there's nothing likeable about you whatsoever. Uh, well, they interrupt Miranda as she's reading a sexy novel. Oh my god, amazing! This is this is hilarious. Like, it's so random. It is so out of nowhere, so unnecessary. But it, Steve's like, "Oh, so sorry for waking up." So, oh, don't apologize. You didn't wake me up. I was reading a sexy novel. <laughs> like, she's sitting there reading dirty novels. <laughs> sorry, I can't take you seriously. <laughs> Do you have anything to say about her sexy novels? Uh, no. No, nothing to do. <laughs> Nothing about the sexy novels. But then she does say, Jenny needs help. Voyeurism <laughs> is a terrible affliction. <laughs> <laughs> the doorbell rings. And that's uh, it. Um, that's it. That's, that is until much later on in the film. No, that's, that's it. No, her very, uh, the uh, credits. Oh, I suppose, yeah. 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 So... Until much later on, 
this is Betty Davis done yeah. with the film. So I'm assuming they... Well, they must have filmed in order. She must have read the... <laughs> had to piece stuff together. She, she, as soon as she read the sexy novel on a dog, she's like, fuck this one out. <laughs> um, but yeah. And this this is where the film really goes downhill, which is just incredible. Because it was already down some sort of hill. Yeah. She 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 disappears into thin air. She does. And Miranda, um, Priscilla appears at the door. Yes. Miranda and Priscilla may or may not be the same person. It's hard to tell from this. Very confusing. It gets explained later on, but for the whole thing, and I'm like, I don't understand what's going on here. I mean, it barely gets explained. Barely gets explained. Because she's also the cat. Yeah. Okay. It's explained by Evelyn Keys later on. Kind of. I don't know how she knows about it, but, you know, tough tough times. <laughs> When you're a when you're a top build star walks off the yeah. set, I love it. She's like, nah. Do you know what? I'm too old for this shit. <laughs> I'm gone. I'm done. Uh, Steve is happy sue to see. Me. Pris- what are you gonna do? Sue me, but who's gonna check me, boo? Not you. <laughs> Steve is happy to see Priscilla, and uh, she informs him she could only stay for a few weeks. So she goes upstairs, picks up the cat, and starts telling her mother that she looks wonderful before changing voices and talking in Betty Davis's voice. I'm assuming this is the drag queen. And then Jenny is fucking disgusted that Priscilla is happy to see her mother. Like, yeah, what like, the fuck really, is wrong with you? Like, genuinely sickened by Priscilla loving her mother. Like, what is wrong with her? <laughs> she has so many issues. It's unbelievable. I, the next scene, I just have a cop as a voodoo doll. What, what was that about? Because it never comes back. Oh, is that Wednesday? There's that? literally a scene with a cop with a voodoo doll. Oh, uh, yeah. No, the next day, Sam, with a full head of hair, is concerned that his hair looks like Hitler's. <laughs> Jenny is too concerned with him watching TV rather than doing handiwork around the house. Uh-huh. She's really upset that he's not doing handiwork around the house. Uh, Priscilla explains that Miranda has left the house um, and Priscilla would love to redecorate. Don't you fucking redecorate. That's beautiful <laughs> wallpaper. Blanche's, do- uh, Blanche, uh, Blanche's boudoir wallpaper. You keep that. The police officer from earlier... What's his name? Macintosh? Yeah. Um, he's in trouble for paying for advice from a witchcraft school. Even though we don't see him at the witchcraft school... No. ...until after he's fired. But he gets fired... And then the chief of police or whatever pulls out a voodoo doll, which goes absolutely nowhere. No, no. reasoning. Doesn't mean anything. <clears throat> not even funny. Um, left alone in the kitchen, Priscilla makes the oven start smoking. And well, this... we get a little psycho joke first. Where Do Jenny we? debates stabbing Miranda to death, um, but she doesn't take showers apparently. Um, and she starts imitating psycho with a knife. Oh, I see. It's not funny. That's probably why I didn't write it down. Uh, Left alone in the kitchen, Priscilla makes the oven start smoking and the sink starts spraying black stuff. Yeah. As she again looks like a white snake video girl. The cat starts smoking um, with its eyes going all over the place. This is how I misread my notes earlier. I thought that (laughs) was the scene. But I put something else is smoking too. The cat. (laughs) Who I think is now confirmed to be Miranda. (laughs) That's funny. That's that's funny. If you're putting Betty Davis is 
whatever essence or soul or whatever mm-hmm. into a cat, that cat is going to be smoking a cigarette. Yeah. That's funny. <laughs> Uh, Sam walks in on this, he just he isn't bothered, he just wants his breakfast. Yeah, yeah, he's a world of his own. Um, now he's got hair. Nathan Pringle pretends he's an Asian gardener. Yeah, I thought I may have misheard, but he does put on um, a racist accent. He does, he does. Uh, he's definitely squinting his eyes as well. Uh, real um, bottom of the barrel shit, yeah. that is. That's, that's never fucking funny. It's no. Like, even, like, 1989. Like, yeah. fuck off. Yeah, Steve spots him, um, and uh, when Steve goes away, uh, Nathan Pringle lifts his shirt up and starts taking pictures for some reason. Nathan Pringle approaches the house of a chainsaw, and in the best series of events in the film, Priscilla starts doing uh, a camp dance for him. This camp dance is one of the best things I've ever seen in my life. Uh, it's fucking insane. Apart from Betty Davis, this is the <laughs> highlight of the film. It, I, I don't understand why she's doing it. He starts going into the bushes with a chainsaw, acting like he's having a wank, but with a chainsaw. Um, ruining the bush. Um, excuse me. In the process. Um, but yeah, she's she's doing this camp dance for no reason at all. It is uh, wonderful to watch. She's serving, <laughs> she, again... White Snake music video. Yeah. She is looking good, feeling gorgeous. Mm-hmm. She's feeling her oats. She's everything. Um, for no, for no reason whatsoever. No. I'd like to think that this scene was written with Betty Davis in mind, <laughs> but I'm assuming <laughs> not. And it's part of the... Uh, oh, can you relax. imagine? Um, yeah, so she does an impromptu sexy photo shoot. Then Priscilla turns uh, Steve against Jenny, who is who returns on a bike. Yeah. Um, they argue. Um, Priscilla suggests that Miranda has left because of Jenny's behaviour towards her. And not Betty Davis leaving the film, sir. <laughs> uh, the investigator leaves the garden in a mess as the real gardener, uh, a Japanese man, turns up and Steve is fuming with him. A dog attacks him, ripping off his trousers to great amusement. Yeah, and this also goes on for far too long. Far too long. Far too long. Because then Jenny starts fighting with the gardener as well. Um, and it's just like, okay, this is so unnecessary. Um, yeah, Steve takes his trousers off in the kitchen. Um, and uh, Priscilla's like, oh, you have very beautiful legs for a man. Uh, Jenny walks in, of course, to great hilarity, and she's fuming about the kitchen. So to deal with this, she starts pulling stupid faces and making loud noises like a child. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Barbara concocts something with a dead rat in the now clean kitchen. (laughs) Yeah, it's mum's favourite. She's cooking mum's favourite for dinner. Is it? Oh, she said to say mum's favourite, didn't she? Uh, Jenny calls Nathan Pringle and fires him. She then spots someone with the same hair as Miranda and tries talking to her, but it's not her. No. And she's like, everyone looks like Miranda. And then we get a zoom in on a big picture of Betty Davis in the background. We do. There's a mural. Um, so I'm assuming it was California. It's, it's yeah. California. Uh, there was a, a mural on the building wall of Betty Davis, which is a funny joke. 
Um, yeah, the, yeah. We haven't really spoken too much about Miranda's hair. <laughs> what, what can be said? It's it's not quintessential Betty Davis. No. Um, I don't know. It's like Edna Mode, but ginger. It's a little more, um, what's her name? Uh, designer with the uh, sunglasses. Oh, uh, Anna Wintour. Anna, it's absolutely giving Anna Wintour. Oh, it is a ginger Anna Wintour. Yeah. That's yeah. That's what it's given me more. It's it's a good look. They I like could have it. recast her with, with Anna Wintour, and uh, no one would have known any different. She's the editor in chief of Vogue America, <laughs> by the way, Gary. And there we go. God, didn't know I was on the podcast of a straight guy. Well, I'm I'm sorry. At least I knew who she was. As soon as she existed, you know, still keep my gay card. Nathan Pringle continues investigating, um, despite being fired, and uh, spots Priscilla watering the grass and big tentacles coming out of the ground. Yeah, I don't get it. Now, despite this being Larry Cohen uh, directing, usually he has some decent practical effects in his film. Even the special effects are fucking abysmal. Yeah. Yeah, no, just, it looks I shit. Can't, it looks I can't shit. figure... It's not green screen. I don't know what it is. There is green screen later on. Yeah. And it's terrible. Priscilla tells Sam that he should go on a game show and he agrees because she made him smarter and hairier. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, God, I'm laughing. Oh, shit. Did I enjoy this film? <laughs> maybe. Maybe. No. I, I, I did, but for all the wrong reasons. Jenny is waiting for Nathan Pringle despite firing him. Yeah, that's a weird one. Um, and he gives her the pictures that he took. And she's, again, fuming at him. Like, the guy she just fired, who's still working for her, she's fuming because the picture looks shit. Um, but he's taking a picture of Priscilla and Miranda's faces on it. Really badly edited onto it. Yeah. And then she realises she's never seen the two of them uh, in the same place. And fires Nathan Pringle again um, because the picture wasn't up to her expectations. Yeah. She goes to a shop specialising in witchcraft to further investigate. And I've literally put down, this is probably the first time I've put down on my note, yada, yada, yada. I don't <laughs> care. I really don't give a shit. Yeah. Um, do you have anything to say? She shows the owner of the shop the picture of Miranda. And he says he has something for her. Uh, but then Priscilla takes Sam to the studio for the game show, Winners and Losers. Uh, and uses her Jedi mind tricks to get on the show. I wrote that! <laughs> <laughs> you live, live together too long. Um, he's introduced to the producer of the show who thinks Priscilla's a bit of alright. Yeah, he's right as well. <laughs> uh, the witch shop owner gives Jenny a book and provides the history of Miranda. Just basically what was said earlier about how she's been doing this for years and whatever. So, did you not get the part where Sam explains to the producer that Priscilla is his wife and they have great sex? No. Despite her being over 80. (laughs) Yeah, the witchcraft shop dude explains to Jenny that witches have been known to lure men into marrying them, making them rich, and then stealing the money. Um, He does say... Another time I laughed. Oh, God. If he does get rich, maybe you could come back and actually buy something. (laughs) Um, Are we to think that three-week Hawaiian vacation, big-time lawyer, huge house, Mm -hmm. isn't already rich? I know, yeah. Like, what, are are they 
working class. Does Jenny work? <laughs> of course not. She's got loads of time on her hands. Yeah. Fucking go around witch shops. But apparent, apparently, detectives. Sam needs to go on a game show to win well, yeah. money. Yeah. He goes on there. The, the show begins. Um, Sam answers the first question and gets it right. So the show's assistant, Vanilla, spins the wheel for him. Vanilla is quite the character. She is. The, <laughs> I suppose Vanna White of the uh, the game show. It's called Winners and Losers. Yeah. Um, yeah, she tries stealing the money, the, the prize money, she does, uh, a she few times. Yeah. Well, another joke, we have to run to the ground. Yeah. She tries to do it once, but then the film has to show it like three times as well. Jenny gets home and finds Steve, Mike and Priscilla watching Sam on TV, answering another question right. And as you may have expected, Jenny is fuming. How fucking dare he have a life and go out there and try and win some money. Um, he gets more questions right. Vanilla licks his face uh, and he says he'll be back next time to win a $2 million jackpot. And so she practically straddles him. She does. Um... Um, Jenny chucks a bucket of water over Priscilla. Um, Priscilla's like, ha ha, this is not MGM. Yeah, that was camp. I, I like that scene. Well, maybe I did enjoy this um, maybe film you more did. than I thought. Maybe. Oh, no. Uh, Priscilla, now looking like previous podcast star Sylvia Superstar, uh, tries seducing Steve. Does she? Yeah, she's when absolutely... Does she look like... In the office when she uh, gets along with Steve. What's she wearing? A Sylvia Superstar outfit. She's got her hair the same as her and everything. What, red? Not red, but crimped. Oh. Um, Yeah, it works. They uh, they start having sex. Um, Steve finally sees sense and realises that Priscilla's better than uh, Jenny. Jenny goes to a witch instructor. Yeah, so this is Evelyn Keys. Yeah. Um, reduced to a shitty witch instructor role. Yeah, I don't know. What was Evelyn <laughs> Keyes there? Um, oh, we can tell people, can't we? We watch this film on YouTube. It is available on YouTube. Yes. And it's the Evelyn Keyes fan page that mm-hmm. uploaded it onto YouTube. Yeah. It's a very minor role for her. Um, she's most famous for The Seven Year Itch, The Prowler... Uh, Gone with the Wind, House of Settlement. So, I don't think a huge Hollywood star, but you know, a, a Hollywood a sp- character actress. Still more well known than just having to play a witch instructor for a few scenes. Yes, yes, of course. Um, yeah, so she wants advice uh, on Miranda and Priscilla. She informs her that Miranda is inside the cat. Uh, Lieutenant McIntosh is also there. That's the witch school he's been going to. Yeah, but he... Okay, I don't... Yeah. I don't I don't get it, but okay. Uh, whilst Priscilla and Steve are getting it on, he spots that she has a tail. Uh, so he stops her and just says that he's feeling guilty. Yeah. What? I'm just going back to what the witch instructor says. Just to try and make sense of it all. <laughs> She explains that Miranda and Priscilla share the same magic space, or whatever mm-hmm. it's called. Uh, one was probably burnt at the stake, and so they take turns occupying that magic space in real life. When one isn't occupying this magic space, they are inside the cat. Yeah. 
Yeah, okay. Yeah, they didn't have much time for real rights, son. Yeah. <laughs> the large cattail, I'm assuming, is some sort of prank by Miranda. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. She kind of acts like it accidentally slipped out. <laughs> Tail? Yeah. <laughs> well, where's she been keeping it? <laughs> um, Lieutenant McIntosh tells Jenny that he's been looking for Miranda for a while and decides that he wants to work with her to stop Miranda. What I don't also don't get is if Macintosh has been at this witchcraft school mm-hmm. for all that time yeah. and knows Miranda and Priscilla's MO mm-hmm. from previous cases mm-hmm. all across the USA, why has it taken Jenny to turn up one time uh-huh. to get all the tea off of Evelyn Keys? Yeah, it's ridiculous. Oh. Sorry. Jenny tells Priscilla <laughs> Jenny tells Priscilla that she's divorcing Steve uh, Priscilla speaks to Sam and he says Miranda you're beautiful she's like I know <laughs> says, I'm so glad you, I married you and then when he walks away she's like he's so cute I don't think I'll torture him for another seven months <laughs> do you know what there was absolutely none of this talk of torturing anyone no. until Jenny started being a dick so yeah, they just got shrunk and put in a shoebox. Yeah, like, literally, I, I genuinely think she probably wasn't even going to do anything at all. And then she's to show herself, she's like, do you know what, fuck this, they deserve this. <laughs> Nathan uh, Pringle's back. Yeah, he calls up pretending to be a vet. Um, he tells Priscilla that Miranda called wanting to get the cat fixed. Yeah. Priscilla, who apparently let Miranda out for an evening... Um, I'm assuming Betty Davis clearly wasn't there to film for that. No. This was when I still thought that this was the initial um, premise, the mother-daughter dynamic. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just I just threw it in there um, for any old reason, just to try and make some sense of the plot. Um, but yeah, Priscilla takes exception to the idea that Miranda's called up Asking to get her cat fixed. Yeah. <laughs> Whilst Priscilla was occupying the cat's body. Um, she's fucking fuming. <laughs> Throughout this, Jenny is putting a spell together that is gonna, that makes the house move slightly. Yeah. Um, oh God, it's so incoherent. This this final. This is thing. this is it. It just loses the plot. Yeah. In every sense of that. Yeah. Lieutenant McIntosh arrives in the taxi that he's driving and informs Jenny that he can't arrest a cat. So, okay, what was your plan? Did you not discuss this before? Yeah. Like, you you planned to bring her down, but you, you did not have this conversation. No. So Jenny starts chanting a spell. Um, Lieutenant McIntosh goes to his taxi. Priscilla brings Miranda the cat to Jenny, uh, who's now no longer allergic to cats. Yeah, so Priscilla wants to get rid of Miranda, thinking that Miranda tried to get her fixed Mm -hmm. when she was the cat. So she gives Jenny the cat and says, I've cured you of your allergies. Take the cat. Uh, Instead, Jenny continues with this spell, splitting the house in two, exposing the earth's core underneath, and making both herself and... Priscilla glow like Olivia Newton-John in Xanadu. 
This is when the green screen yeah. is at its absolute worst. It's, it's not so good bad. It's so bad. Um, but then it t- because we need to get to the hour and a half mark, <laughs> it turns out the spell may only purify furniture as the piano flies out the window into the pool. Yeah. Um, to which I put, I thought the witches made people rich. This <laughs> this family are clearly already loaded. Like, you've got a fucking pool for fuck's yeah. sake. I don't know if it's different in America. I don't know. But if someone had a big house and a pool mm-hmm. in the UK, they wouldn't have to go on fucking Wheel of Fortune no. to make some money. No. Right? Am I right? Yeah, you're absolutely right. right. Yeah. And, and I'm... Yeah, I'm right. Yeah. And I'm allowed to say it. But, although, one thing we do need to remember is, this isn't Sam's house. He's staying there with uh, Jenny and Steve. So why, because it eventually happened, Mm -hmm. why didn't they just get Priscilla to steal Steve away? Yeah. That's what I don't understand. Why Sam? And this is the problem. Because obviously it was mm-hmm. written for Betty Davis yeah. to, you know, be a man-eater. Mm-hmm. Make him work hard. Um, tentacles start bursting through I the house. Do you know what? I genuinely could not remember the rest of those lyrics. <laughs> wow. It's too hot. It's hot day of the year. Hot day of the year. Tentacles start bursting through the house and grab Jenny. Steve comes in to save her. Um... Yeah, he gets away with sleeping with Priscilla, by the way. That's never brought up again. Sam comes home and Jenny informs him she doesn't know what she's doing because she's a second-rate sorceress. You got that right. (laughs) Sam tells Jenny the spell to kill Priscilla and Miranda. And Priscilla's like, oh, well, I ain't taking you to get any more prize money. And uh, he's like, I don't need any more. I've already won enough. Uh, So Jenny chants the spell and Priscilla's head starts hilariously spinning. (laughs) And change it into some sort of demon face. This is this is hilarious it's to watch. Creepy, I, though, I don't know yeah. what they were going out for. Out of nowhere. Oh, just to just to clarify, so um, Priscilla put a spell on Sam so that he knows the answer to every question. Yeah. Which is why he won on winners and losers. Mm-hmm. So it's backfired on her because Jenny asks, "Do you have a spell to defeat?" Priscilla, and he says, yes, I have the answer to every question. Yeah. Just, it, it doesn't turn out that Sam's been a fucking warlock this whole time or, or whatnot. Lieutenant McIntosh arrests the cat. Um, like I said, he wouldn't, but he does. Drives away in his taxi, and the cat shrinks the car. It looks so fucking dumb, but it is really funny because of how stupid it looks. <laughs> And then he breaks the fourth wall and says to the audience, does this mean there's going to be a sequel? Fuck no. Thankfully not. (laughs) Um, And then a voiceover introduced the cast uh, before the end credits. Like, Betty Davis. Oh, and then we have Barbara Carrera. And then we have Colleen Camp. And it's like, what are you doing? What is this? Yeah, and then at the end of the credits, we get Betty Davis return, and she says, for her final on-screen moment, just call me Ma. Call me Ma. Stop. And that's Wicked Stepmother. That's Wicked Stepmother. Um, I don't know how I feel going through it, bit by bit, because I was 
adamant after watching it yesterday that it was a big pile of shit. And it is. Mm-hmm. But I think I was entertained. Yeah, of course. I'd say it's a trash to piece. It's, it's, I, I would definitely say it's so bad it's good. Yeah, probably. Because, I mean, there, there's a lot of entertaining things in there, but none of them are intentional. No. I, I think there are many moments of campness. Yeah. Um, but there are also really a lot of dull moments. Uh-huh. Um, the character of Jenny... Really, there's no sort of yeah. There's no camp value to it. No pun absolutely intended. Um, but Barbara Carrera, Betty Davis, they do a good job. Uh huh. And I suppose that's all you need for a throwaway film, you know? Yeah. 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 I mean, it's still shit. Men never yeah. No, it is. It is bad. <laughs> it is bad. Um, but, I mean, if you want to check it out, it is on YouTube in full. Yeah. Um, if you like this sort of thing, I mean... You're not analysing the scene, scene for a podcast, you might enjoy um, it. Do, do you know what? At the end of the day, I think this has happened a lot on the podcast. If I just sat and watched a film, you know, if I just watched this, and it's happened with others, I would probably go, oh, that was all right. I enjoyed uh-huh. that. You know, there's real trash to piece value. But having to fucking dissect every fucking <laughs> thing and listen to Jenny in the fucking private investigator <laughs> bullshit. Like, oh, try and make sense of it all yeah. to have a coherent podcast episode. I think that's probably where I was like, nah, I give up. But yes, uh, if you are already a fan of Wicked Stepmother, then get in touch on social media with Horror Court Trash over on Facebook and Instagram. Horror Court Trash on Twitter. I'm Gaz 92 on Letterboxd, Gazmo205 on Instagram, and GazCruz92 on Twitter. I'm ChrisBarker823 on Instagram and Letterboxd. And uh, don't forget to give us a rate, review, subscribe on iTunes, or like a follow anything else, give us a rating on Spotify. As I said at the start of the episode, that is it for this format. Yeah, we're changing it up. Not massively, not too much. But next week is our 200th episode. Yeah. We will be discussing... Mm-hmm. Uh, the ultimate trash to piece. I wouldn't... I don't know. It's too much of a good film to call it a trash to piece. It's difficult. The ultimate it cult film. how you define a trash to piece. Yeah, it's the ultimate... But it's trash. It's the ultimate cult film. It's the ultimate it. cult film. Um, it's Pink Flamingos. Yeah. You know? Perfect. 200th episode. Perfect. Yeah. I think very fitting. We're going to go in depth. Mm hmm. We're going to. Yeah. Go yeah. for it. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck am I chatting about? Very, very encouraging. Everyone's going to want to listen to that. <laughs> edit that out then, for fuck's sake. Might, 200 episode might get a bit of fucking editing. That'd be nice. <laughs> but yes, no, we can always discuss it. It's very fitting. It was always on our first logo. Uh, Pink Flamingos and so is the film we're discussing after that as well so uh, it's, it's all coming together it's all coming yeah together. about to come to the uh, Criterion Collection as well it's a great timing yeah. with our 200th episode 50 year anniversary yeah it, written in the stars yes uh, so we will be back same time say- oh actually no do you know what no fuck it we've got two announcements for you not only we'll be discussing Pink Flamingos next week but it's double episode week 
checking my calendar to make sure I'm right. And I'm not. So, he, yeah, no, I am. I am right. I am. And I'm a professional. Um, perfect way to end this run of episodes. Cow. Uh Yeah, and on Friday, we'll be back with this month's original versus remake, where we will be discussing and comparing both versions of horror classic, The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yes. A fucking sweaty film. Oof. A yeah. sweaty day. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And um, we'll be back same time, same place next week. Bye.